Hello, and welcome to Wands and Fronds, the weekly podcast where we cover magic, herbalism, and more. I'm Nick. And I'm Shannon. And as always, we are your co-hosts. Um, so today, I am talking about, in our ongoing series on the Zodiacs, Cancer Season, period, hey. full stop. And then we're also going to be talking about our fantasy midsummer slash litha celebration so down i'm so down um and i'm gonna be talking about juniper i mean it's like a very like solstice plant very solar energy so i'm i'm excited to talk about it plus gin like i don't know yeah go wrong. i literally drank a little gin yesterday for the solstice so pour one out uh no that's like perfect that's a perfect solstice activity uh, and I sign off on this. I'm like, my solstice activity, let's see, I lit some gold candles for Hecate. I know it's not her color, but I was like, whatever, it's the solstice. I'm working with Hecate for this year. So have some gold candles, my lady. Um, and then I- I think I think this would be a great place to go into, when did you feel the magic this week? Because I think mine was, mine was absolutely yesterday as well, because we drank very, very heavy on the cucumber Pems cups. Oh, those are and so we bad. set up a kiddie pool where I have had witchy bonfires before. I mean, obviously we didn't do it over the fire pit, but you know, um, close enough is close enough. And it, the real the real feel was one eighteen. So to all of the traditionals, all of the traditionalists out there, I did not light any kind of fire yesterday. That's okay because the real feel again was one hundred and eighteen degrees. Um, well, we had a record low yesterday in Los Angeles for this day. Get um, wrecked, bitch. I'm gonna I'm literally gonna come I'm gonna come through the screen right now and ring your seven degrees outside right now. I am wearing a sweater because it was chilly. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um well, I felt magical because I started, so I, I know I've talked about before, but I started doing this, like keeping her keys thing, but you're, it's actually more like a course and you're supposed to start it on a new moon. So of course I got the book like right after a new moon. So I've been like sitting on it, but I'm trying to behave and like do it in order um, instead of just blowing through it and doing it all at once. So I did start it this past weekend, but then like two nights ago, I was doing some meditation, like working through my journal and, you know, lighting my candles for Hecate or whatever. And I was like, I'm going to pull a card. I'm just like, my lady, like, what, what are we thinking? What's the message? And I shit you not, I drew the fucking like three of pentacles. So I was like, okay, so Hecate is going to be on my team. Like, please. And thank you <laughs> down. So it just felt very much like Hecate was like, we're doing this. And I was like, thank you, queen. Uh, it was really awesome, and I definitely wrote about it in my pretty like wolf journal. So magic. But no, but no, we did. We set up the kitty pool. We chilled in a golden beam of sunlight. That's beautiful. We drank cucumber drinks. That's very solstice-y. Like, and we we we, candles. we we did gather some of the um crepe myrtle flowers Aww. and throw them into the water of the pool. That's festive. Uh, it was so festive and I don't want to, I don't want to do too much because I feel like I'm going to talk about this in my segment, but like literally there was a moment yesterday where I was just like in the little kiddie pool on my back, looking up at the sky, 
watching the clouds come in, watching the crepe myrtle blow in the breeze. And I was like, for once in my whole life, I feel fucking relaxed. I love it. Yeah, we we took our walk. So Willow gets her like extra long walk every evening, but we took it early yesterday so we could do it in the sun, like, you know, on the solstice. And it was just really lovely. Like walking around in the sunshine, Willow was somewhat behaved and we just kind of like soaked it up and then we lit candles. And then before bed last night, I've got, I mean, y'all know I love my birthday candles for offerings. So I've got, I got this like pack of like gold birthday candles that I haven't been wanting to use because I'm so fucking, I'm one of those people where I'm just like, I'm going to save it. Do they have pointy white bottoms? Uh, They do not. I was going to say, no, no, because we have, we use gold birthday candles at work and they have pointy white bottoms. That's the part that you stick into the cake. Oh, that's so much nicer. These are just like, nah, these are like flat bottom target candles. Um, uh, But, but no. Um, but I love them. So I've been using my gold candles for offerings to Hecate because I'm also trying to like maybe manifest a new job. So put those good feelings out there because there's a thing I applied for. Um, but I, but... Do so- I do sometimes steal though because people only leave the birthday candle lit. I mean, some people don't even sing if you bring them a birthday dessert at a restaurant. And that's so sad for everyone involved because yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to sing. I'm not going to, I'm not going to like, sing you know that's not your job you don't want that also you don't want that but like some people don't sing and so the candle no because it's like I have a little handful of them and it's like the candle is just there yeah keep it what am I gonna what am I gonna do throw away a throw away a gold candle yeah no um hi like offerings to like most deities I feel like a gold candle is acceptable for basically every deity. Like they're but, gonna they're but, gonna be down. But we're we're absolutely digressing because yeah. we have we still we still have a whole swimsuit pageant to get to. So oh, shit, we, yeah, we do. So yeah. we really need we really need to like do juniper. Let's talk about it. I walk through it. Um, I mean, there's a lot of juniper cedar in this part of the world. I walk yeah. through a, a juniper cedar grove almost every single day. So well, I'd love you know, to know what I'm supposed to do. It is the most widely distributed of any of the woody plants because uh, it's it's actually native to like most of the northern world because it came about like during the Triassic period about 250 million years ago on Pangaea, which is why there's juniper in most of the northern hemisphere because it started when it was all one landmass. So now we've got junipers that are native to like Southwest Asia, Japan, Northern Europe, Northern Africa. Um, North America, again, in some regions, like junipers are called cedars, but we're talking about like the Latin species juniperus, which they really um, didn't stretch on that one. But one of the earliest like written accounts of juniper actually is like from an Egyptian papyrus that was dated to 1500 BC, um, where (laughs) they actually had juniper in a recipe for curing tapeworm infestations. So um, the Egyptians, they're just like us. They also got tapeworms. Um, They also found it in like Egyptian recipes for embalming. It is like an antimicrobial. So it's actually like clutch for something like embalming. And then also in recipes for incense that would have been burned in like temples and homes. 
but also taken internally as like a blood purifier. And the Greeks actually used like pretty similar recipes for incense. Um, but that's like incense. I just, I, I do just want to circle around and, and just say that I think part of the science of this is also the same as with cedar chests. Yeah. Because you put, you put all of your blankets in a cedar chest and it keeps microbes and fungi and all, all kinds of baddies out. Oh yeah. I love, I mean, my altar is an antique like family heirloom cedar chest. Um, so it's great. There, there's also though this really great uh writing by this this guy, Thomas Van Cantempre, um, in his 13th century work, uh, Liber de Nature Rerum. And in this manuscript, he actually talked about like juniper as a way to treat stomach pain. But again, this is like 13th century. So like we've got stuff that's like really going way back. Um, but we also have to talk about gin, like juniper i think most people know it's like the main flavoring in gin the word gin is actually derived from like the french and dutch word for juniper uh jean god my my french is rusty uh genevre and genever because dutch is like drunk english so um also have wait, you- wait 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 is jennifer somewhere on this family tree like the name Oh, possibly, because uh, Jean Vrier is, uh, Genevrier is the French. Genevieve. 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 Jennifer. Yeah, I mean, okay. we're going to say it. Um, also, like, fun facts. I didn't realize no one knows, like, the exact perfect origin of where gin came from. But they actually think, like, the most likely is that it's, like, derived from an old recipe that they found in um, a 1299 Dutch work. Uh, Der Natteren Blom. Uh, Dutch is like drunk English. Seriously, go like if you haven't listened to it, go YouTube someone speaking Dutch. You're gonna feel like you maybe had a stroke because you're like, I my brain thinks I should understand what they're saying because it's almost English. Um, but anyway, this recipe though recommends boiling juniper berries in rainwater or in wine to treat stomach pain and i think that's like one of the earliest versions of gin but then there's like the 16th century revolt of the netherlands and so because of that there were a bunch of like british soldiers and stuff in the netherlands and then like those soldiers merchants travelers and like of course if there's a revolt there's going to be some religious figures around those folks discovered the gin which they called dutch courage and then it's been like refined over time since then so i just love that like the dutch probably gave us gin which i i don't know it i wouldn't have pinned it on the dutch i was just kind of surprised by that um but anyway it's like got a really long geological history this tree so it's used around the world um for things like fuel shelter food uh the berries really high in vitamin c vitamin b3 and vitamin b1 um as well as a lot of like amino acids like trace minerals including calcium cobalt chromium Iron, magnesium, manganese, potassium, selenium, and zinc. Like, Gatorade ain't got shit on juniper berries. Um, there is, like, I know we've talked about it a little bit, but there is this, like, uh, Jacques, Jacques Cartier's crew in the 1530s. There's been a lot of discussion about what the tree of life that he refers to is. Um, juniper is one of the candidates. So, like, the story is basically that the Iroquois gave parts of this, like, tree probably the berries if it's juniper to this dude and his crew who had scurvy 
and it healed them. And that basically like this discovery that you could treat scurvy helped like change the entire future of naval exploration. So um, big ups to the Iroquois. Like they've been doing it since the beginning. Well, you know what, actually? They did make a mistake by giving it to the Europeans. That's true. They were too nice. They were too kind to share with them. Um, and in Northern Europe and, you know, places like Scandinavia, all the way to like Hungary and France, even like juniper berries are still used to like flavor game meats. I love a juniper game meal, um, as well as like spicing cabbage, sauerkraut, and even cheese. And then some North American juniper species are considered like they're more sweet. They're dry and a little bit mealy, but they do have like that sweeter flavor. And some Native American tribes use them to make like kind of they're like cake like foods, but they're not necessarily made for like being tasty, but they're like super nutritious. Like they almost feel kind of like like energy bars, like a cliff bar kind of that's, thing. Like, that, that's such a Scandinavian thing, too. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, but yeah, there's like a, a bunch of unrelated traditions around the world, like from the Tibetans to the Chinese to old European cultures to Native American tribes who all use juniper to like guard against bad magic, plague, and a bunch of like varieties of whatever negative influence is in that culture. So, you know, it's been used for things like incense, as we already talked about, but also in saunas and sweat lodges um, and as a protection talisman for like, detoxifying the environment uh and even today the scottish and gaelic tribes still burn it during a hogmanay which is like a new year as part of a protection blessing so juniper is kind of a big deal there are 67 species of it from it like ranges a lot in size from ground covers to shrubs to trees they can get up to seven meters tall but like most of them don't get taller than two meters um it's a perennial deciduous sh uh, shrub with a bunch of stems and the bark is kind of like the most iconic. So it's that like reddish brown. It kind of cracks in thin sheets and like peels off. The leaves are cool. They're like dark green. Such, on the such good kindling for the people it who is, camp out there. It is really good kindling. Um, the leaves though, they're dark green on the upper with a white band on the underside. And they grow in whorls of threes, which, you know. We that's love. so that's so witchy it's like um yeah. okay I, yeah it's for witches um they're they're considered a uh, dioecious which means that there are separate male and female plants and so the female plant uh the female bush contains the cone which is sometimes referred to as a berry the flower is pollinated by like the male tree's pollen and it can travel up to 200 kilometers on the wind um, and the male flowers are yellow. So they grow in the axle of the leaves. That's the place where the leaf meets the branch. But the berry that we're talking about on like the female bush, again, it's not a berry. And if you've ever looked close at one, you'll you'll know it's like actually a cone. It's like a small fleshy cone. And so it starts out green and then it turns like purple blue after the first frost. And it's almost always kind of covered in a blue white bloom. Most Sources say it takes up to three years for the berry to ripen, which is kind of tricky when you're harvesting because there are going to be a bunch of stages of ripeness for the berries um, on one tree or bush. So harvesting can be like a little bit more tricksy, but you have to remember there are toxic species, right? And there are a lot that haven't been studied for toxicity. There are 67 species. So you kind of want to know what you're harvesting, but 
a, a good thing to know is like a lot of the toxic um, species are cultivars that are used as ornamentals. Juniper is also just like a super popular tree for bonsai, which, you know, I've seen, everyone has seen a juniper bonsai, I think. Like it's kind of one of the more common ones, I think, at least in the U.S. that I see when you're in like different plant shops. No, no, no. It's It's also kind of like not to be down on anyone and i've never owned a bonsai that wasn't a juniper bonsai but it's the cheaper bonsai yeah yeah it's as it's it's a prolific plant you're not gonna get you're not gonna get a 40 year old like red maple bonsai for (laughs) for 20 bucks out of a guy from a guy in a van but you will get a nice ish juniper bonsai for 20 dollars from a guy in a van yeah. Um, so the juniper, though, that's commonly harvested for medicine in Central and Eastern U.S., um, it's Juniperus virginiana. And the common name is Eastern Red uh, Cedar, which, you know, we love. It's the one um, we're all allergic to. The one everyone's allergic to. Um, it's subspecies Juniperus uh, silicola or silicicola. It's also known as the southern cedar. So, you know, they call it a cedar. It's not. It's a juniper. Um, when you're harvesting, though, you're going to want to collect the ripe berries, which are they're blue to silvery purple in color. And they most likely have the bloom, but the bloom will fade when you're drying them. Avoid the green berries. They're immature. And you can actually, like, harvest several times throughout the year because, remember, like, all of these different berries are at different stages of ripeness. So you're going to harvest those, dry them thoroughly in a cool, dark place because you can actually, like, too much sun or too much heat can cause them to, like, lose their essential oils. And we all know damp things invite mold. You don't want mold. That's, that, that'll kill you. Um, so let's, let's talk about some medicinal uses. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. I'm not a doctor. Nick's not a doctor. This podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat anything. Always talk to your healthcare professionals before you start an herbal regimen and don't take medical advice from podcasts. Um, Safety notes. Up top, juniper berries act on your kidneys. So since the 19th century, kind of like the common thing that's been said is like you shouldn't give juniper berries to anyone with kidney problems. Now, in contemporary times, it's worth noting that some herbalists are questioning the rationale behind it, but there's like a pretty strong consensus that you shouldn't take high doses or for long-term use, especially if you have any sort of kidney problems. Um, but the adverse effects of high doses of juniper can include things like digestive distress, uh, blood in your urine, irritability, jitteriness, and my favorite urine that smells like violets, which I'm like, is that an adverse effect? Um, I, I honestly, I think I'd prefer that to pee pee flavor. Like, yeah, like, I'm sorry. Is there a way to do that without also having blood in my urine or is it the blood that makes it smell like violets? Um, <laughs> a very like large single dose can cause diarrhea. Beware if you've got IBS Um, And juniper berries can also lower blood sugar. So if you're hypoglycemic or diabetic, you should be like extra cautious with it. Or if you take like medications like insulin or other things to like help moderate your blood sugar levels, you really need to keep an eye on your blood sugar if you're like working with juniper. But again, this is why you work very closely 
with your healthcare professionals. Um, Juniper is also not recommended for pregnant women because the berries are traditionally used to bring on menstruation. They can be used to like aid in labor and delivery, but it's one of those things where they can help cause uterine contractions. So it's like, if the show is on, that's great. Um, otherwise, not what you're going for. Um, again, for those who are trying to get pregnant, also don't use it. I feel like that's that's pretty common, right? Like if you shouldn't take something when you're pregnant, you shouldn't take it if you're trying to become pregnant, as they say. Uh, juniper berries can also interact with anticoagulants. Um, so just bear that in mind. The actions list for this plant are like fucking forever long. Uh, it's antifungal, anti-inflammatory, anti-rheumatic, antibacterial, antimicrobial, uh, antineoplastic, antioxidant, antiseptic, antiviral, carminative, digestive, diuretic, hypoglycemic, uh, stomachic, and uh, hypolipidemic. So this is a really like versatile plant. I think the most common way that I see it used is like as an antimicrobial. And this is something that I actually like one of my favorite like herbalism things is looking at using plants as like substitutes for antibiotics during the rays, like during the rise of um, antibiotic resistant strains of things. So they did actually find in a study that juniper is active against like two strains in particular of antibiotic resistant bacteria. So Staphylococcus aureus and uh, H37RV. So that's really exciting. I think that more and more of this like weird problem with antibiotics that we've created. One of the cool things is nature does potentially have solutions. We don't deserve the planet Earth. Um, so it's warming. It can be used to help promote menstruation, enhance labor and delivery. The diuretic effect can actually help with like things like edema that are caused by heart, liver, or kidney disease. But again, remember, keep keep kid kidney irritation in mind. Um, as an anti-inflammatory, it's used a lot for like stiffness and pain associated with arthritis, gout, neuralgia, and rheumatism. And this actually, I think this is kind of interesting. It goes back to the eclectics, and this is a fun rule of thumb. Anyway, they would like prescribe dandelion in the spring and juniper berry in the autumn for people that had inflammatory issues. But in addition to taking the berries internally, you can actually make ointments from the needles and berries to like rub on your achy joints and muscles. Um, that can also help clear up acne, eczema, psoriasis, skin parasites, and varicose veins. So, you know, heads up. But you can, you can do a lot of stuff with the berries. Um, it's really versatile. I'm not gonna spend forever talking about all the various ways you can use it because it's robust and we got other shit to talk about. Um, but magical uses, uh, it's associated with fire in the sun, which is why we're talking about it for our solstice episode. Cleansing is the big one. We see it all the time with antimicrobial plants. They're good for magical cleansing too. So you can actually make like smoke cleansing bundles using the needles. Once they're dried, they're, they're like, great. They catch really easily. It's not endangered like white sage. Excellent choice for most people. Uh, you can also make an infusion in like a, like maybe do like a moon water infusion of juniper needles to make a spray to like cleanse magical objects. I've also seen that suggested as like using a moon water juniper infusion to make like a cleanse for jewelry that you buy secondhand, which I was like, that's such a good suggestion. It's like, if you're buying secondhand jewelry, cleanse that shit. Like anything secondhand, but something about jewelry in particular, I'm just like, yeah, give that, give that a cleanse. You guys. Yeah, yeah, it's like you're it's like you're wearing that on your body. 
yeah, keep an eye. Um, and I, I see a lot of folks suggesting like hanging the twigs over the door. Um, as a crafty witch, I would like to humbly suggest using juniper twigs in some sort of like uh, wreath situation. I love that. I think that's super cute. Um, it's also associated though with things like prophecy and divination, journeying to the underworld. I think these are all things where it's like you can definitely make infusions of the like berries or the needles and oil and use it for like body oils. You could put it in a bath. Be aware of what you're allergic to because some people are like very sensitive to juniper, you know. Um, but yeah, that's about it today. So I had a few sources, you know, I got Culpepper's, Modern Herbal, um, the Herbarium, Reddit, all sorts of various like witchy blogs. So um, yeah. That's Juniper. Love, love, love. Okay. So really the question is, where do we want to go from here? Do we want to talk about cancers or do we want to talk about our fantasy with a slash midsummer? Let's do cancers and then end on our fantasy midsummer. Okay. So we'll say fantasy midsummer for the end. So talking about cancers, right? So this is our fourth installment in doing re actually doing the zodiacs <clears throat> and it's cancer season and boy do i feel it do you feel it yes uh, yes the feels are here it's sad girl summer it's it's like lana del rey summer always this like it's always it's it's always lana del rey summer and like it's been extra bad because very recently the sun has started coming out in LA, but like the May gray June gloom was really intense this year. And so I think coming into cancer season, it's like the sun came out, but it's like too little too late. I'm going to no, be sad really. forever now. I'm going to be sad forever now. No, it really has been still so rainy in Austin. Like it's been so yeah. rainy and it's been hot now though. So it's like, you can't even enjoy the rain because the rain is like 97 degrees. It's like human body temperature. Like it's not, you can't even get cooled down by being rained on. Yeah. It's hot rain. I'm so sorry. So it's not good. And we're all so sad about it. And I, I feel like that's cancer season in a nutshell as like a, a physical place to be, right? It's the right. sad part, it's the sad part of the summer. Um, sad, sad girl summer, every, but it's, every summer. It's also like you have to go home to get ready for Leo season. And that's not a diss on cancers, but that really is like, that's a shift. Yeah, it is. And I think it's like, it's always been interesting to me so sometimes I think about the way that like we've got our, um, you know, you've got like your cardinal, your fixed, your mutable. Cancer to me has always felt the strangest as a cardinal sign. Well, I think any water, like that's any, very fair. Like I feel like cardinal is not the place to be a water sign. Yeah, no, that's very fair. But it just feels so interesting to me that like the mommies of the zodiac are also the cardinal water sign. Right. Well, we like, have to, we actually, we do have to talk about that. So the mommies of the zodiac, 
and I want to talk about, and I texted you about this, our, our most famous cancer, Princess Diana. Mother. Because, and I don't know, that, okay, it was, it's literally, it's Princess Diana and it's Orville Redenbacher. <laughs> what a dynamic duo. But I want you to think about it for just a moment, because... Orville Redenbacher was a corn scientist, cancer man. Okay, that's why he. That's why we're... Famously, we know that corn is no place for a mighty warrior. That's absolutely it's a perfect true. Place for a cancer man. But, <laughs> but no. Can we think about how he had this really classic aesthetic, though? Yeah, he did. Like classy man with his little bow tie, and he's like. Yeah, you know, we're just... He's such a soft boy, and we love it. Popcorn is actually a healthy snack, and we invented this corn to be the best corn to pop. Pop, pop. Because I'm a corn scientist, I'm a little Redenbacher. And everyone was was like, yeah, thank you for making corn that's easier to pop. Like, that's actually such a good idea. We're all going to buy our popcorn from a corn scientist. I mean, who else are you going to buy popcorn from? But it's it's so cancer because cancers love to be at home. And when you're when you love to be at home, you probably love to make popcorn when you watch a movie. Well, can I also just say what planet is exalted in cancer? Jupiter, the planet of expansion, like expanding corn. Like expanding <laughs> corn. <laughs> How many steps does it take to get there? No, but it is like such like big fucking cancer energy to be a corn scientist. No, it's to the be a corn to, to be a corn scientist, to live in the Midwest, to wear a bow tie. It's so oh, it's it captures a very specific American aesthetic. And I think that's what Lana Del Rey, another famous cancer, tries to do with her music. Does she not? Yeah. And I know it's not cool, but I love Lana Del Rey. Because cancers love tradition. I love Lana too. This recent album, okay, Tunnel Under Ocean Avenue is the album that like got me into Lana. Okay, but are we also going to, like, just gloss over her cover of Season of the Witch? It's I- good. It's good. No, I'm I'm discovering it. Okay, I'm discovering good, good, it. Good, good, good. Welcome to the club. Um, we're, we're slutty, but sad. We're slutty, but we're sad. We wear dark <laughs> colors. Exactly. But We smoke but, a lot of weed. Uh, cancers love to uphold traditions. Truly. They... And that circles me right back around to Princess Diana. Oh, my God. Who both loved and destroyed tradition. Who both loved and destroyed those traditions. Also, she lived up to, like, her family's name, like, and what she thought she should do to to keep that going. I mean, and she was also America's princess, Like, she was so popular and beloved that America, who, you know, famously didn't want to be under a fucking monarchy anymore, adopted her as our princess. No, but it's so, 
that and that is where the cardinal energy of cancer is shining yeah because no, it's fair. it's the cardinal energy is struggling there but then when you really get to see it expressed it's like the sadness of the story she died so young she's the mother of the future king of england like she was caught up in so much shit yeah. That was so beyond her. But she did, she bought into the traditions of her people, which was that, which was exactly that, basically. Yeah. I love that. Um, so Nick and I were talking about it before. Chani Nichols wrote this book, um, You Were Born for This, Astrology for Radical Self-Acceptance, which sounds way hokey compared to how great this book is. Like, I guess... Maybe you don't think it sounds hokey. I think it sounds hokey. And if I hadn't like listened to a podcast with her talking about it, I might have been like, oh, what's happening? But she does have this like breakdown where she talks about the modalities of the sign. And so the cardinal signs are all signs that initiate, right? So like Aries initiates action. That's like your, your saying. And I like that cancer initiates emotional ties, bonds, and feelings. And right. Who did that better than Princess Di in the 90s? Nobody. I no mean, no one was fucking like staying up overnight to watch the new fucking king get inaugurated. Nobody or whatever, did. Crowned. No, but like my mother and grandmother, a hundred watched abs- the wedding. Watch the, yeah, no, it was a, it was huge. And the the wedding, the wedding was huge. The funeral was huge. But do you know who else is a fucking cancer? Who? Camilla. I just, I feel bad because Camilla has never done anything to me personally, but I also feel like I can never forgive her. No, absolutely. And to find out that she is a cancer and she, no, I mean, against her better instincts engaged in all of this. Camilla, the shadow side to cancer hmm Shadow Cancer, truly. I'm like, maybe she had her moon in Capricorn. No. Um, she's got her moon in bitch slut from hell. <laughs> I mean, look, when you're right, you're right. Uh, Which I think is Sagittarius, I, I'm sure. Probably. <laughs> Nick says with this, like, you have a Sag moon. Um... <laughs> It's like, I want to remind everyone who maybe doesn't keep Nick's fucking, like, chart in your back pocket. Um, That's a self-roast. Hundo P. Uh, But I want to, like, since we're going through this, like, magic through the Zodiac, before we pop back into, like, some of the more fun pop No, no, no. I actually, I do have something for this. Oh, good. You go. Because. And this is so controversial. Because... Taurus is absolutely slobbering for this. Libra is dying for this. And Leo is just, they think, they already think they've got it. But actually, what I think cancer brings to the table is an aesthetic. A strong aesthetic. Okay. And I'm I'm literally willing to, like, put my life on the line here and say that cancer is actually in charge of aesthetics. And that's the episode, folks. Um, <laughs> off. Uh, no, I, 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 I could see that, though. And I do think it's, like, 
Taurus is very much like the glamorous. Taurus, Taurus, Taurus wants to be comfortable. Cancer wants to be at home. Yeah. So cancer anything is like that cancer function, beautiful anything, function. Anything that cancer wants in a space, I'm buying. That's very fair. And I do think that like there's something to this idea of like being good at creating space. Because I did mention, like, Jupiter's exalted in Cancer. So there is, like, the planet of expansion is exalted in this sign. Which I think, like, really does balance out really well, I think, with that, like, nurturing energy. You also have this energy that, like, can physically create space for people. Both metaphorically, but also literally. But also literally. So I think I think they're the, they're, they're the aesthetes of the coven like they're picking the altar cloths they are they're decking out the hearth they are that's what they're there for because also and i think it's controversial too because kansas would say that they should um be on like the kitchen witch team and no because cancers actually don't have good they love food, but they don't have good taste in food. I just have to say that we have some of the hottest takes of our entire podcasting careers in the cancer sode, and I would not have seen that coming. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, though, isn't it? No, it is. It is. And I think that that's like, cancers are good nurturers, but that doesn't make you a good housewife. No, like those are different it things. It doesn't. Um, but that's that's kind of all I that's kind of all I had for cancers. But honestly, we're we're kind of getting there with the episode, and we do still have to plan our dream midsummer. Oh my god, I'm so ready. So okay, when we did Beltane and we did the dream Beltane, I actually had so much fun doing that. I did it again. Um because that's, I think, what's going to be our third round of the Sabbaths is the fantasy version. I I do like it. And so, what I want to start off with is that the tra- the tra- traditional Litha celebration, which again was decided by a group of mostly white men in some place in England in 1900, ish. I'm sorry, I just have to back up real quick. Jason Schwartzman is a cancer. Oh, yeah. Of course Love he is. Love Jason Schwartzman. But also, Tom Cruise. Yeah, I didn't care for that. That's why I didn't Speaking of the Camilla-Diana dichotomy. Uh, right. Right. Anyway, sorry. that I was just like, Jason Schwartzman, I love him. Tom Cruise? What? What? No, Robin anyway, Williams. It's an interesting list. Isn't it funny that one of our be- most beloved uh, fictional mothers is a man, and it's Doubtfire? Um, beloved, sacred, infallible Mrs. Doubtfire. And he's a cancer. And he's a cancer. And he's a cancer. Again, it makes you a good nu- nurturer, not necessarily a good housewife. Right. And I do want to refer to the scene in Mrs. Doubtfire where Mrs. Doubtfire orders in the takeout and then plates it up really fancy. Cancer move. 
<laughs> the cancer move. Okay, sorry, sorry to rabbit trail back, but let's talk about Midsummer. Okay, because I'm just gonna say it is during cancer season. So my I my ideal Midsummer celebration would be a gay beach party. Yeah, with a hot ass Lana Del Rey soundtrack. Yes. And what I will also say is that it's for the girls and the gays. Yeah. I like I do not want mask energy there. This is no. this is this is a more exclusive event. Okay. Hundo P. This is like get your titties out and wade out into the ocean. I'm down. And that's that's the vibe. That for me is the vibe of midsummer. But also, I do love this idea of the winter side of the year taking over from the summer side of the year. Yeah. And so what I was thinking is we we did crown the May King, um, Mitchell Burns, because he is so hot. And being a wildlife photographer in Australia, I think, is so summer side of the year. Yeah. Like, but who, who is the Holly King? This is hard. Who is, who is taking over as MC halfway through? I mean. I was thinking Jason Schwartzman. Can I just say one of, one of my nominees was Jason Schwartzman. I feel like Jason Schwartzman and I. I would prefer Jason Schwartzman, but I do feel like we have to give honorable mention to Tom Hanks. No, but Tom, no, it's not Tom Hanks. It's not but, because Tom, Tom Hanks is too similar in many ways. That's fair. That's fair. I'm like, let me pull up a list of other male cancers. Let's see. This is such a weird list. Isn't it? I'm so confused by some of these. Oh my God. Okay. But like, this is actually a good one, and I feel like is kind of fair. Um, have you watched Ted Lasso? No. Brett Goldstein, um, most famously known um, for playing Roy Kent on Ted Lasso. He might be up there for my nominees because he is hot and British. I mean, we love being hot. We love being British. Oh, you know what? I think I'm gonna say I think he's in an episode of Fleabag, but yeah, he's hot. Yeah, so I'm like, we're gonna put. I, I'm like, we have to throw Roy Kent out there. Um, Billy Crudup, that's weird. Sorry, I'm like, I'm so confused, y'all. I'm very. But wait, 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 wait. Why are you? Why are we not including Orville Redenbacher? Oh, I guess I just assumed. I just assumed. <laughs> Um, no, but I do have to say, I think that, like, Jason Schwartzman, though, is also who I would actually want to be an MC. Absolutely. I feel like Jason Schwartzman gives off Scorpio energy while he being a cancer. Short, he's Because he's a short king. He is. And that's, does, that make, that's, does that make sense, though? I, it does. It does. I'd really be interested to look at the rest of his chart. Um, but, I okay. Humbly, I humbly say, I think Jason Schwartzman's the clear front runner here for to be the night king yeah anyway absolutely so 
Because unofficially, we've we've decided that Mitchell Burns is the day king. Yeah. And all of that to say, it's time for the goth um, swimsuit showdown. So I'm going to, I need you to pull up your text messages. I need you to to actively look at your phone because we're going to be talking about the details of the goth swimsuits. Oh my God. And these were iconic. I was like, I do kind of need a new swimsuit, except for I'm on a clothing pause. But um, yeah, number one is an immediately four thumbs down. Which no, it's an, it's an immediate four thumbs down. No, So here's what we're talking about, people. This is our um, goth swimsuit competition. Because yeah. I feel like if, if we're having the girls and the gays and we're having a gay beach party, we're going to have a goth themed and we're and the days are only going to get shorter from here longest day of the year so it's time it's the night side of the year it's it's gonna it's gonna start getting dark sooner again so we're we're doing a goth swimsuit competition because it is also the fucking middle of summer and the first one is a um if you can imagine if one of guy theory's shirts was a bikini yeah and she's in last place and she is in last place, but for $20, though, it is one of the more affordable items on the list. I have to say, it feels like something that a Leo would show up in. But it is but it's a, like, you're a little early. It is a two-piece bikini with a flame print. So, um... Four and thumbs. also, four thumbs down. Okay, so the second option, though. I like this one. Me I do too. like this one. Because it's got the little cutouts on the shoulders. It's gorgeous. Um, it's like a it's a rash guard that has mesh shoulders, since this is an audio medium, um, and has like really cool kind of like a culty looking like a skeleton hand and a moon with the face and a pyramid with an eye with the like, foot down the but, side, but nothing on the leg, nothing on the leg, but nothing on the leg. The leg so has we, a mesh cutout side as well. We are getting some sun. We're, we're getting like some mesh mesh sun on the shoulders and the hips. I mean, honestly, a full long I, sleeve I and I love that. And a full long sleeve. I do not think this is a garment you, you are actually going to be swimming in with the sleeve. To be perfectly frank, uh, I think. But if you're at a pool party, you could absolutely stand in the pool in this. I have to say, I feel like it's also like for me as a tatted up lady. Love the idea of having something like this for beach days to protect Cover, all that expensive. Your... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one comes in at sixty-two dollars, which I, I I really don't think it's bad. And it's got a full zip. It's got a yeah, full zip, a full like, zip, a zip scu- rash guard. like a scuba suit. Yeah, like it's a front. Great. I think I only say that because it's a front zip. You know what I mean? It's like it's a full front zip, like a scuba suit. Yeah, it's dope. Okay, so the third one, the third one I like only because it has a little Baphomet feature in the straps. It's not. It's it's giving me Hot Topic circa 2004. And I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not thrilled. I'm not thrilled. But, you know, when when you're looking for goth swimwear, when we're looking for goth swimwear, honestly, a lot of it is, is Halloween. It, it 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 veers towards Halloween, and I'm trying to find something that a goth person would wear. Yeah, and I, I do have to say, the strappies are in, like, a pentacle, like, upside-down star shape. Yeah. So, you know, 
It's got some witchy details. So not bad and very affordable. Very affordable. Wait, this one was 36? Yeah, 36. Not, not bad. And yeah, you know, I'm not going to say who, but you know who that model looks like. I do. I do know. You know. You know. Okay. So then we have the, the X-ray skeleton one piece. I like the X-ray skeleton one piece. I like it too. I like it too. I feel like it's giving like spooky academia. As yeah. And, and I, I, really, like I really think you could put like a little black beach shirt with this. Oh my God. Could be... that, it's asking for a lace parasol. Uh, absolutely absolutely but i think it's giving goth but it's also giving very functional beach yeah so i'm beautiful it's functional it's not going to give you weird tan lines which is always my problem with weird straps and this one i actually i think was also one of the 19 dollar ones we're also here for that a budget buy Okay, but then there's the last one that has the spider webs on it and then the spider web shaped cutouts. Which I adore. The only reason I'm just like, again, it goes back to weird tan lines. Can you imagine by the end of summer having Yeah, having the spider web shaped tan lines? No, that's right not, on your that's, chest. It's not what you want to do. That's, that's absolutely not, not what you want to do. Not sad girl summer, not getting you ready for Leo season. That's like cruising straight past Leo into like Scorpio zone. And we're not doing that. No. But I did see uh, a similar swimsuit to this that had bat wing shapes. Okay, that's very cute. And I did like that, but I thought the spider one was so ridiculous that I just, I had to bring it to the table. Honorable mention, but I do feel like the x-ray skeleton one piece takes it in a landslide. Yeah, no, because we're, yeah, I think the x-ray skeleton one piece, I love that. I'm here for it. So we're going to be wearing that swimsuit. We're going to be listening to our short night King Jason Schwartzman emceeing. While we have like a topless sad girl beach party listening to Lana Del Rey. Although, you know what I think, you know what I think is funny is I think um getting your tits out in a one piece is so much more of a show. Oh, it's because you yeah. You basically then in a bikini. You're getting then in a bikini, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a dedication to the to releasing your titties that really we admire. Right, you gotta, because you gotta do a whole thing. Um, and yeah, so that's that's the vibe. That's that's the vibe. It. That's lit. But also, a traditional litha activity is rolling a burning wagon wheel down a hill. And I so think if we could, bonfire. I think if we can get a find a big enough sand dune. Yeah. Beach bonfire, maybe you get a little wheel lit off your bonfire and roll it down a sand Just a dune. little one. Yeah, just a little guy. Just a little one, y'all. Only you can prevent forest fire. <laughs> um, but also, if it's, rolling, if it's rolling towards the ocean, all the better. Yeah, yeah. We're here for that. Take care of the planet. Roll fire cautiously. Right. So, okay. I do have, I did do a little tarot draw for cancer. Ooh, baby. You can't see that. It's the nine of it's the nine of wands. 
Hey so, girl. It's like we're all out here, right? And here's what I will say is that you really do have to be protective of your energy because it's not even that people don't wish you well. It's just that certain people sap your energy. Take care of yourself. You gotta take care of you. So it's okay to it's okay to have boundaries. I think every cancer actually does need to hear that. Yeah, boundaries are fine. Boundaries are just fine. <laughs> You're not hurting someone's feelings by taking care of yourself. I promise. No, really. Um and also, you guys, the ocean's fighting back. And we respect the fuck out of these whales for taking on these billionaires. We respect whatever bad vibes happen to kill all those billionaires trying to go see the Titanic instead of, like, you know, rescuing the hundreds of uh, migrants that also went down in a ship that we're just, like, not talking about because four rich people died. Um, I'm here for it. We've fucked up a lot. No. The whales are we, coming. We certainly have. We certainly have. Um, but yeah, so what do we say to all the wet, crabby bitches? To all you wet, crabby bitches, it's going to be okay. But blessed it's, be, it's, you wet, it's, crabby bitches. It'll be fine. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye now. The fact that I spent all weekend imagining what it would be like to be in a tiny little submarine. Right. And then they're all dead. They're all dead. They didn't even get to see it. Isn't that, that's kind of sad, right? No, I never feel bad for billionaires. No, I know, I know, I know, but. It's like a foundational part of my personality to hate the rich. <laughs> which is why my job is fucking hilarious. As a no, it, it actually, it actually is so funny.